Welcome to the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Driuso, performer and creator by nature, voice specialist and leadership coach by day. And I work with entrepreneurs all over the world to help them unleash their voice and step into the leader that they were destined to be. This podcast is an unfiltered look at what it takes to truly own who you are as a leader, unleash your voice, and get your message to the masses. Are you ready to turn up the volume on your dreams, your desires, and your income? Sweet. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to the singing episode. What is up, you guys? This one is for the ladies and the gents who just are fucking terrified of singing. And what's up, voice coach here, Danny D. And I just want to share with you that I am so scared of singing in public. Now, there are some people who have heard me sing, whether it be maybe in an opera that I was in um, or a musical theater performance within my years or potentially heard me accidentally sing in the shower. Maybe I let out some Ariel from Little Mermaid in the shower at a friend's house. Who knows, right? Potentially uh, ex-boyfriend of mine have heard me sing. People in long-term relationships with me normally hear me sing at some point. But let's be real when I say I would rather have pictures of of me naked be accidentally found by a family member on my phone. These are called nudies. I don't have any, but if I did, and I'm serious, y'all, I do not have any, but if I did, I would rather someone find and stumble upon something of that nature rather than stumbling upon a recording of me singing. And that is as real as it gets. So this is all going to be about the anxieties of singing 101 with Danielle. And this is the thing about singing. It's so funny. For me, it's just very intimate. And I'm going to share my experience with singing because I've talked to a few people and they've really resonated with this. So I'm going to go ahead and share it with y'all. But I really, I say this a lot, but I came out of the womb like jazz hands first and entered into the realm of performance. At a very young age, I would do renditions of Mumbo Number no. 5 on this ledge by my dad's baby grand piano, which I thought was a full-fledged stage. Now, thinking back, it was probably the smallest ledge in the world, but for me, it was a freaking opera house. So that's what I would do, or my, one of my favorite things is I, was all, I would always try to lay across the top of the baby grand piano like a jazz singer, like the singers in the piano bars who just like are up on the on the grand piano with like a cigarette in their hand and would be like, hello, darlings. And I would get like a pen and I would just be like puffing away on my little pen and pretend it was a cigarette. Like I was this fabulous jazz singer. If you didn't know this already, I watch a lot of old movies and I pretty much grew up on like old Marilyn Monroe films and other films of that nature. So this was like a true reality for me. I was like, this is, this is me. This is how I live my life. Right. I was totally the person who I took ballet for like one second, probably like one week before I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to do this anymore because it was so strict. And this totally relates to singing. It was so strict. 
and there were so many rules around ballet that I just, I hated it. And so I quit, but I got to keep the tutu. So when family and friends were over for like dinner, I was the kid that would come downstairs and I would have gone upstairs to change into my ballet costume because of course I needed just to be the performer and in the space and needed to and totally loved just dressing up in extravagant gowns and all that stuff. So a classic, of course. I went into theater at a really young age, right? My parents, well, my my mom does not sing. My mom doesn't do like a lot of things musically. She's super an amazing human, but she doesn't do musical things. But my dad does. My dad was a musician. Um, When I worked at the mall, I would get stopped by strangers who would walk by the kiosk and say, oh my God, are you Terry's daughter? Oh my God, like your dad in the the 80s, blah, blah, blah. Just, or I guess 90s, 80s, whatever. When I was super young, like one or two, so 90s. He had this band and they like toured and stuff. My dad has all these crazy stories and I have all his old music on my iPod still or my phone, I guess now, now I sound old iPod on my iPad, but on my iPhone, I have all his old music, um, of him singing and stuff like that. So at a very young age, I was exposed to music and my dad used to always, at the time I would be super pissed about it. But now that we don't have a baby grand piano and I don't live with my dad anymore, it's actually super sad, (laughs) but And then I took this for granted, but I used to wake up and used to play this one really beautiful song on the piano and I would be pissed because it would wake us up, right? Like we're teenagers and, and we wake up like at noon or whatever, but (laughs) my dad would play piano at like 10 AM and I'd be like, dad, like stop playing the piano. But I come downstairs and like yell at him to stop playing the piano. But like that song, I wish that it was my ringtone to wake up in the morning because that was honestly the most beautiful way to wake up was like live music in my house, <laughs> which was amazing. But I was exposed to, to music at a really young age. So naturally we went into piano lessons. I took violin for like a hot second before, once again, too many rules for Danny. Um, so I just, I quit that, but I played that for a hot second and then I played the piano, but it was really hard for me. My brain doesn't work this way. Like it does not love details. I'm totally a type B person. I'm very ambitious, like a type A and determined and all that stuff. But details really are just too much for me. So when it comes to learning an instrument, I cannot like look at music and then my brain doesn't say, oh, that's this. I have to be like, okay, every good boy deserves fudge. And what's the other one? See, I don't even remember. But like when you put your hand up, I just think of this like a music. If you're not doing this with me, you probably have never done music. But it's like every good boy deserves fudge. And that's like you put your hand up and in between your fingers, it's like that's how you read music or whatever. At least that's how I remember learning how to read music when I was younger. So I can still kind of read music. Like, I mean, embarrassingly so. Like basic multiplication and my struggles with that is equivalent to my struggles with reading music. But I always didn't understand how, why can't I just match a note? Like, I don't get it. I would hear a note and I could go to the piano and match a note. And I still to this day can do that. Like I hear a note and then I can find it. And that's way more fun for me to like hear the note find the note on the piano, do it via muscle memory and just be able to do it. Right. And not have to read the music and just be able to know things off by heart. Like I love that. That's just my process. And I absolutely loved it. So clearly my, (laughs) my whole career of being an actor at a very young age up until like the time, like pretty much a year ago. Right. 
but that worked out really well because I would like see these monologues from Shakespeare and I would be able to just memorize them and then be able to play with the words. And I never understood why I couldn't do that with music. So we went to music for at a really young age and I would like sing and play the piano, but I hated singing. And this is why I didn't hate singing the aspect that I didn't enjoy, like using my voice in that way. Like <laughs> it's so funny because even talking about, it, I feel all this tension in my throat, which is super powerful. If you're, if you don't watch my Facebook lives, go to unleash your voice on Facebook. I talk a lot about vocal tension and sorry, you guys, you guys can probably hear my dog running around in the background. He's being super rambunctious. I apologize for the sound quality. I'm literally sitting on my living room floor. Of course I am. Right. But I talk a lot in my videos about vocal tension and how it's like an emotional thing. And oftentimes it's not like a physical thing. It's actually an emotional thing. And so even talking about singing, just bleh, like, <laughs> like I can feel it in my vocal fold. It's super weird. So I just didn't understand why there were rules set in place, right? Just like when I was growing up, I would do math in a different way than everyone else. I had to really visualize it. I'm a kinesthetic learner. So I really had to like visualize it and kind of create a story in my head in order to solve this problem. I couldn't just look at the numbers and just be like, perfect, this plus this equals this. Same with music. So what I started to do is I started to get a lot of anxiety with music because I'd go to, go to music class or whatever. And now knowing what I know now teaching kids, because I taught kids for a couple years, voice and like acting as a residency artist and just in schools, I would just go in and teach for like, all different areas of drama, right? That you have an hour with those kids and you have to make it count. So it's so funny because now when I look back at those times, I had so much anxiety because I was so scared that I would fuck it up, right? I was so scared that I would mess it up. I was so scared that I wouldn't be good enough. I was so terrified that I wouldn't hit the note right. I was so scared that um, I would get in trouble if I didn't if I didn't hit the note right, if I didn't sound perfect the first time around. So it was really hard for me to even try. And like when I did try, I had so much tension in my voice that it would come out totally different than how I wanted it to. And then when it did come out different than I wanted it to, of course, I would get critiqued on it and I would feel like less than because in my head, I'm like, but that's not what I know I can sound like, right? But there would just be so much anxiety pent up and so much anxiety built up for trying to hit these notes and trying to be perfect because you have one hour with these kids. You have to make it count. You really have to strive for like, for me, when I teach, I do process oriented stuff. I don't do like hit this note and be perfect, but that's been my process throughout. Like this whole podcast is going to share with you why that's my process now, but I never really loved the concept of hit this note perfect on the first try and then let's keep going. Let's keep trying to hit it perfect. For me, singing was more like a vocal exploration and I absolutely loved it. So I would match pitch with Disney princesses and then I would match pitch with like Marilyn Monroe and Sound Like It Hot. Then I would match pitch with like these jazz singer types that I would listen to. And then I would match pitch with like whatever artists I heard on the radio, like Britney Spears at the time. And I would try to like create vocal tension in a way that I would sound like them. And I was just obsessed with like imitating other people's voices in order to find my own. Like I found it really powerful to try to imitate other people's voices or try to like just, just see where their voice sat. Right. Which once again, I won't get fully into because I do a lot of Facebook lives on it, but I was just obsessed with, okay, so how do they sound the way that they sound? Like what is going on there? 
And I never understood why I couldn't use the time as like a vocal exploration. Like, why do I have to hit this note perfect? We're in practice. Like, why does this have to be perfect? Aren't we practicing? Can it be perfect the day of? I don't understand. Why do I have to hit this note perfectly? Can't I find my own way of hitting this note? Can't I find my own way of doing this? And it's so funny because if you know me or you follow me on anything, really, you're like, that is a very Danielle way of doing things (laughs) because it's like, well, I don't like that, but I like the way that I get to do it. And so I'm going to do it my own way and get the same outcome, but it's going to be enjoyable to me. So if the process isn't enjoyable to me, I don't want to do it and I probably won't do it. And that's just how I work. So a lot of it would be really stressful for me to try to hit these notes or try to be this perfection or this whatever. And it's super funny because I, when I had to do competitions in musical theater, I quit (laughs) unless it was like a show because I just didn't see the point. Like for me, I wasn't doing it to get a grade. For me, I wasn't doing it to be perfect. For me, I wasn't doing it to hit a note. Like really, I was doing it for me. And I didn't really understand that I was seeing this in a completely different way than everyone else until I went to university, believe it or not. And I was in a voice class and this is voice for speech and acting which is very different, which is more of the voice work that I teach. But I got told by a professor, she, she pretty much said, like, you're using this in a different way. Um, and I just want you to be aware of that, that you're using this as more of like therapeutic. And I didn't understand. And at the time I was like actually kind of hurt, like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I'm doing it wrong. But really it helped me in such a strong way because I'm so thankful for that. I'm so grateful that I use it in a different way. Because if not, I wouldn't have broken through and created this business, right? So it's super, super powerful. But I have always carried this major anxiety with singing, which means that every single time I had to perform or audition for roles, I was freaking terrified. And there's a couple moments that really come to mind right away. Like the first time I ever had to sing in a type of performance, Chicago is my favorite musical theater ever, like musical, musical theater, (laughs) my favorite musical ever. The movie is like my favorite thing and has been since I was little and it first came out. And so when I was growing up, I was in musical theater and we got an audition for roles and it was the song, They Both Reached for the Gun, which is one of my favorite songs. And I auditioned for Roxy. But because when I was listening to the song, I must have like really picked up on the voice of Billy Flynn or like the depth of Roxy's voice, like the sultriness or whatever. And I got cast by Billy Flynn because I had a deeper voice than all the other girls. And that just wrecked me. (laughs) That wrecked me. That ruined me. Because at the time, I'm like, oh my God, I have a voice voice, right? Like I'm 10 years old. I think, oh my God, I got a voice voice. And so I was so scared every single time that we performed and I was really nervous and shy. And if you know anything about me, I'm not nervous or shy normally. I normally cannot shut up. But when it came to those moments of being in those rehearsals or whatever, I was quiet as a freaking mouse because I was petrified because I didn't want to be the boy role. Right. And I thought it meant something about me. And of course, this is what we do as human beings. We're like everything about your perception means everything about me when it's totally the opposite. Right. Like someone could say, Danielle, your voice is super deep and it's completely subjective to them. Right. Or completely subjective to the situation or whatever. It means nothing about my physical voice. But at the time, I took that on, right? I was like, oh my God, I have a boy's voice, right? And so when I went into act, like acting and went to acting camp and I went away from Calgary to do that for like this two-week intensive, 
and we had to sing and we had to sing Sweeney Todd and it was super high and I was terrified and I just kept telling them, they kept asking me what I sang like and I had lost my voice this week, which is super hilarious because it, once again, follow my Facebook lives. Like, I don't mean to keep dropping that. That's super weird, but it's true because I talked about like losing your voice. And so this week I was so scared because I knew we were going to be singing. I lost my voice. And when they made me sing in front of everyone to determine what my range was, I was so scared and they put me in altos. So once again, lower voice, no big deal. And then in university, when I remember when I really wanted to be in a play of sorts, but you had to sing. And I was like, oh, I don't want to sing, but I really want to be in it. And my professor said, well, just come and sing for us. And I said, well, I don't know what to sing. I don't read music. He's like, well, whatever you sing, just sing it. And I was like, okay, can I sing Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas? <laughs> He's like, yeah, do it. And so I went into the audition and I sang Colors of the Wind. And that day I found out that I am actually a soprano, which is really cool to me. And I think I had like ever, I, I don't know. I see it differently than a lot of singing teachers and a lot of like singers would probably. Um, but I just think that our voice is really powerful and it carries not only energy, when it carries the sound, but it also carries like pitch and it also carries where you're resonating from and all these amazing, incredible, cool things. So I don't really believe it's just like one size fits all. Like you are this. I feel like that is like this space where maybe you have the least resistance in your voice so you can hit these notes. But I think it's a lot more complicated than that. I think there's a lot more in depth that we can do, including when you're teaching singing and voice and all that stuff that you can really tap into because I don't think we're done discovering different things about our voice. I think our voice is just this amazing, powerful thing. And I could geek out about it all day long. Right. And I do. So it's a good thing that my boss likes the fact that I love voice. And it's a good thing that my boss hired me for this position. Ha ha ha. Wink, wink. Cause I'm self-employed. Hilarious. I know. Please stop laughing. I know. Right. Super funny. But I just was floored when I found out that I was a soprano. So now I know that I'm a soprano. The world is my oyster. Holy cow. We go into rehearsals, of course, every single time we had to sing. I had so much resistance in my voice. I was freaking out. I was um, in the Three Penny Opera, and then I was also in this other opera, Beautiful Galatea, where there was actual opera singers that went to school for music, for singing, that were part of the chorus that I was in and they would literally sing into my ear. I had this one girl, I love her so much, but she would sing into my ear because I couldn't read music and it was just a lot of resistance. I think if I sat down now and without all that emotional charge, sat down and tried to read the notes, I think I could do it hundred percent, but just that fear of going to rehearsals, not knowing and fucking it up potentially. Right. So she would sing into my ear and I would match pitch with her. And that's how I got through that performance. And when it came to the Three Penny Opera, when I auditioned with Colors of the Wind, I just got to explore so much of my own voice that when I was singing in a chorus with everyone else, perfect. Like I'm fine with that. I love it. It's like a vocal release. It feels so good. There's no tension. There's no strain. It just feels amazing. Right. And I can hit the notes and it's not a big deal. If I have to sing and people are listening to me and it's like quiet and everyone's staring at me, oh my God, shoot me now shoot me now. It's just so scary to me. And like, I would probably do it because I'm determined to like, just embarrass myself in public apparently. But anytime there's a challenge of, Hey, will you do this? I'll be like, yeah, sure. Let's see what happens. Right. But I, I, it's just so scary. Like that thought to me is terrifying. 
And so um, well, there was one time that I had to audition. I wanted to be in Hairspray, which is another one of my favorite musicals. And I wanted to audition for it. And I went and saw my voice teacher and I said, I don't think I can do this, but I want to do, I want to audition for Hairspray. And she said, well, okay, let's do it. So I told her that I come every day after school or whatever. And every single time, I'm not even kidding you. It was like going to the gym. That's what it felt like. Every day I would say, oh, you don't have to go today. Like just tell her, just cancel it. It's not a big deal, right? Like you're fine. Just go really hard tomorrow, right? Like all these resistance and excuses came up. And so I went and uh, I, I I went to her office over and over and over again and trained for this. And she was absolutely amazing in how she trained me. And I just like love her so much. She's such a sweetheart. And I can't believe that she dealt with as much stress and strain and emotional charge to my voice that I had at the time because I didn't even understand why I couldn't sing. I didn't understand why it was so scary to me. I didn't understand why I was so terrified. I didn't understand why the the, the idea of having a recording of me singing to listen to and play back made me want to throw up. Like I didn't understand. Like for me, I just wanted it to feel really good. Like I didn't care what it sounded like. And clearly like when it feels good, it, it sounds amazing. Right. When you have that much resistance, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel good. It feels gross. It feels like not good at all. Right. So, um, I go to her office and we were working on this one part, this one song from Avenue Q. I don't know. I'm like <laughs> dropping all these musical theater, the only musical theater things that I know. That's it. That's like this, this one podcast is pretty much tapped out other than Book of Mormon. There we go. Now it's tapped out on all my musical theater knowledge, just so y'all know. But I was singing the song from Avenue Q and she put her hands on my stomach. She said, Danielle, you hold so much resistance when you sing in your stomach. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I essentially like hold my breath when I sing. Now, if you know anything about human beings and living, you know that holding your breath while you do anything, is probably counterproductive. So I wasn't allowing any air in. So I, that's why no sound came out. And I didn't understand why. And it's so funny because I'm reflecting on that now. I'm like, well, of course I had so much emotional baggage in my solar plexus of, am I good enough? Really? Am I good enough? Am I going to fuck this up? Am I going to mess up this entire performance? Is this going to be too much for me? Oh my God. What if I actually do get a really good role? Oh my God. What if I don't get a role? Okay. So if I don't get this role, I'm actually not going to be super, super chopped. Um, because I'm actually terrified to perform it or what, what's going to happen if they ask me to sing something else? Like, Oh my God. All these things of me feeling like I'm not perfect came up. So of course I had so much resistance in my stomach physically, emotionally, and energetically because I was fucking terrified of singing. I was so scared of it. Oh my God. Of course. Like, ah, like I'm so scared of not hitting that note. And I think this is just so, so important and why I wanted to talk about um, singing in general is because I think it can relate to so many different areas of our lives, right? If you're scared to not hit a note, to not be perfect, you're going to be way too scared to play. You're going to be way too scared to try new things. You're going to be way too scared to try a different way or be open to receiving a different perspective or be open to creating something new because you're going to be so obsessed with the resistance that you have. And it's the same thing with money. It's the same thing with relationships. It's the same thing with anything. I was talking today on Instagram, on the Instagram at Danny Driuso, but I was just sharing and I, one of my friends, Dana, I love her so much. Dana, if you're listening, I love you. She's on a plane to Croatia right now, which is really epic and amazing. But, um, I went to the airport with her today 
with her other friend to drop her off. And I just said on my Instagrams with a picture of her and me and her friend Courtney, I just said, you know what? Like when you're always trying to prove your value to someone because you feel like they could easily replace you, that's when you are always, always like competing with your own value, trying to one-up yourself, trying to be the best, trying to get the straight A, trying to get the validation. But if you just look at it like you are already valuable, what you have is already enough, that you are irreplaceable, you start seeing the people in your life as irreplaceable as well. And it's the same thing. If I see myself as I have to hit this note, I have to be perfect or else I'm not valuable, I'm missing the point of human existence, right? Like I'm missing the point. And something really powerful that I've been doing is singing, <laughs> ah, scary, but singing around my house. And instead of really focusing, because I find myself doing this, anytime that I focus on hitting the notes, and like trying to be perfect and trying to get it right and trying to like sound really good, I get so much resistance and like barely any sound comes out. But if I focus on just exploring my voice from a space of let's see what I can do with breath here and let's see what I can do with breath here and huh, let's see, this is cool. Like let's explore this. Then it just comes out so naturally and I'm not holding myself accountable to the sound that I create. Just like how you need to detach yourself from the results that come from the work that you do in all areas of your life, right? Because if I'm so obsessed with hitting a number on the scale, hitting the number in the bank account, hitting the number of, I don't know, people, lovers that are texting me, I don't know, whatever things. If I'm obsessed with hitting a goal of some sort and that's my obsession and I become infatuated by that number and I'm always just looking to hit that number, I'm not going to be focused at all on the journey. I'm not going to enjoy any any part of it. I'm not going to explore and find new things. I'm not going to explore and find new creative ways of doing things. I'm not going to explore and find, find new perspectives. I'm just going to constantly be held in resistance. I'm going to be holding my breath. I'm going to be holding the inspiration. I'm going to be hanging on with a death grip of the expectations that I have on myself instead of just fucking living life, right? What a metaphor for life, right? <laughs> but it's so true. And I just wanted to share that with you guys because I think singing is just such a fucking interesting, amazing thing. And my perspective in singing, I feel, is very different, which is why I don't talk about it a lot. Because I grew up with a bunch of musical theater junkies. I grew up with a bunch of friends who were opera singers who would help me prep for these auditions. And I just, I didn't understand how it why it was taught the way that it was taught. So instead of asking questions, I just was like, okay, cool. I'm going to listen to you and take that for, as Bible. And then I'm never, ever going to share my feelings. Right. So here it is. Here it is folks. Like the first look into Danielle's views of singing, but I just think it's so powerful. It's just a personal expression, right? Like your soul on the inside needs to be expressed. If it's not expressed, you would be a blank slate. You would be a zombie, right? your soul is so vibrant and your voice and personal expression and the way you walk into a room and the energy that you carry and the way that the, that you speak, the words that you use, the way energy is held in your body, the way that voice is held in your mouth, the dialects that you are ha, get created in this world based on where you're holding tension in your mouth, where you hold speech in your mouth, where the sound hits your tongue when you say certain words. Like all that amazingness is the color of your soul coming out of you into the world, like a giant rainbow vomit of love, right? Right. Look at that visual. What a beautiful visual. I hope everyone's eating. I hope everyone has food in their mouth right now for that visual, but it really is. It's like 
a vomit of your beautiful personal expression onto the world and you teach people how to treat you. That's my favorite Dr. Phil quote. I feel like I've said that like a million times today, but it's true. You teach people how to treat you and how you teach people how to treat you is all personal expression and your voice and your energy and the way you speak and the way you hold yourself and the way that you create boundaries with other people, whether that's energetically, physically, emotionally, mentally, like in your speech, the words that you use, everything. That is all just a reflection of your inner light that you get to paint the world with. Wow. Someone put that on a t-shirt. That was good shit, but it's so true. It's so true. And so when you hold yourself back in one area, you hold yourself back in all areas. My not being able to express myself singing because I actually really fucking love it. Like I will walk around my house just singing, singing the tunes from anything, really. I'll play my playlist super loud in my car and I'll sing. And I don't give a fuck if I sound good. I'm just going to share it with the world, right? In my car or in the shower or walking around my house. And I try to hit notes and I try to express myself and see how loud my voice can get without resistance and how quiet it can get without resistance. And I just play with it. And if I would have held myself accountable to how I felt in university when I felt like, I can't fuck this up. Like I have to be perfect. I'm not going to sing unless it's perfect. Then I would have robbed myself of the opportunity to express myself in a way that really brings joy to me. So I hope this story helped you. I hope it served you massively. I hope that you're going to take this into accountability with whatever area of your life, whether you're really nervous to share your emotions, whether you're really nervous to ask the person out, whether you're really nervous to just go fucking walk up and be like, you look awesome today to someone who looks awesome on the street, whether you are super nervous to create boundaries with your family, like just mentally take note, check that off your list be like, uh-huh. Okay. Sounds good. Like noted. And just note where you're still holding back. Like for me, it's singing. And for me, it's, I find myself holding back in certain relationships or in certain areas of my life. And it is a constant play for me to see, well, what happens if I don't do this with the resistance? Well, what happens if I'm scared to ask this person out, but instead of being afraid to ask them out, I'm going to just be like, okay, so what if there was no fear here? What if there was no resistance? What then? What would that experience be? Would it be more playful? What would that experience be? Would it be more powerful? What would that experience be? Would it be more fun? And just really allow myself to embrace the differences of how I express myself and how I connect with people. And that's what life is all about, folks, right? How good is that? What a nice little episode topper right there. Boom. Cherry on top. So You guys are amazing. I love you guys so much. Keep kicking ass, taking names, change the damn world. And I'm so, so happy that you are here. If you wanted to join my five-day Define Your Destiny Challenge, which is a beautiful challenge that I have created to really help you get anointed with this work, really help you get introduced to this work in a really powerful way of fully expressing yourself and feeling super confident in yourself, you're not going to have to sing. You just have to live your damn life on purpose, confidently and wildly yourself, then I want you to go to daniellejariso.com slash define your destiny. And it's completely free. It's five days. You're going to fucking love it. Go join the Facebook group. It'll link you to it. That's where all the homework is in. Make sure you answer the questions or it will not let you in the group. So I'm really vetting this. No spammers or anything like that. But really, I just want to make sure you're not a robot and that you're an amazing human being, which you are, and that you're going to bring some amazing value and light into the space 
which you will really will do already. And then just make sure that I connect with you a little bit more. So it's really rad. It's really amazing. And I hope that you join us for that. Now I'm going to leave you, but I love you guys so much. Bye-bye. I hope you love, love, loved that episode. You want to come hang out with me a little bit more and maybe talk some more leadership, love and unfiltered voice. Then you can go ahead and find me on social media at Danny Driuso. And I would love for you to come join me in my private Facebook community. This is where the conversation continues. Okay. So I'm always in there giving you guys live trainings and information and just making sure that you guys are fully supported in your business life and leadership. Okay. It's a totally free Facebook community and you can find the link below in the show notes to come join me there. And I would love, love, love for you guys to leave me a review if you feel so moved to and let me know how you are loving these episodes. Okay. And maybe who you want to see on next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Unleash Your Voice podcast and go be bright, be bold, and be you.